0: I'm Heather Candelaria. And I'm Teresa Kleinlein. And welcome to Your Divorce Coaches, a Divvy, the Divorce Agency podcast. <sighs>
1: should we just re- jump right in and I'll... Are we rolling? I like the sigh. <sighs> and and we're, we're back. Is this a yoga podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and we're back should be the name of this.
0: I'm waiting for the, the thumbs
2: the up. The feeling
1: of headphones is Okay, just...
2: we're rolling. Let's do it.
1: All right. <clears throat> Heather
0: and we're back and we're back welcome again to your divorce coaches a divvy the divorce agency podcast I'm Heather Candelaria I'm Teresa Kleinline. and we're here today with a very very special guest Bob Giammarco
2: I'm so special
0: you are introduce yourself Bob
2: uh, I'm Bob Giammarco I have my own podcast and vlog called mm-hmm. the fatherhood okay. channel where I encourage guys to be good dads and good co-parents, and um, frankly, encourage moms to do the same thing too. But since we're on the, since I'm on a panel with two ladies discussing divorce, <laughs> I'll divorcees. reserve my comments for the men.
1: <laughs> do men get to be called divorcees, or is it uh, like you know, a I like widow widower? Right, Max, right, like know. fiance fiance. Is it okay. divorcer?
2: But before we do that, please go to the Fatherhood Channel on. At Apple Podcasts. Oh, the uh, or their fatherhood channel on uh YouTube. Uh follow my Instagram at BG Mix and my Facebook page at BobGiomarco.
1: Click and subscribe. Click and, and subscribe. It's it. the done. Fatherhood. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not just Fatherhood, it's the Fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it. that. How do you two know each other? Because I was lucky enough to come into this relationship as a third. Party. <laughs> so what is? You what would is be the, the, the first history. one to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that came out. So a track, I'm so sorry.
0: Bob and I have known each other for a very yeah, long uh, time. Yeah. I mean, I want to say it's
2: qualified that. Yeah, about the amount uh, time I've been in Phoenix, probably a good 15 years. Yeah, 15, 16
0: yeah. years. Because I think I met you. I was pregnant with my first daughter when I was a producer at Kramer Alt. Right. And. Bob is actually a very well-respected, well-known audio engineer that was originally from New York that moved his studio. Well, yeah, you, you kept your studio in New York, but you opened up a studio here. So give us a little bit about your background.
2: Yeah, well, um, I first came to the Valley in 1988, uh, saw it and fell in love with it, mm-hmm. and um, then sort of... Uh, just had in my mind that this was a place. I wanted to land and then a few things took place in in New York um, the company I worked for I worked for a big post group that uh, got bought out by venture capitalists and they were Tools basically mm-hmm. so I you know that was one pressure. I was single. I didn't have any kids at the time so it's like I'm looking all around and I'm in New York and I'm doing pretty well, but still you know New York grind. Good, good mm-hmm. grief. It's a grind and you know no amount of money feels like it ever solves, you know, any of your lifestyle problems. Um, And then a bunch of guys decided to fly some planes into buildings and make Mm -hmm. it even more crazy. Mm -hmm. So uh, in 2002, I moved here uh, simultaneously I also opened my own business. So when I first moved here, I used to just commute to New York. Mm-hmm. I remember um, that. That's kind of sexy, to be but, honest. Well, you know, in, the, in the beginning, it actually wasn't that bad because I wasn't working while I was here. So it was basically like a part-time job, which was my agreement with my partners at the time. But after being here for a long time and looking at the community here, I realized, you know, we actually had a pretty decent, you know, community of ad developers here. And, you know, that I thought, with my you know national level skills that sounds so pretentious but um you know that I could be successful here and the the uh, especially back then mm-hmm. now things here have exploded but the difference in costs back then were so astronomical mm-hmm. that you know my partners and I bought this building and you know with the attitude of like ah, all right so you know what? if the studio doesn't work out we own a building how bad could it be because it was literally one-tenth of what we were spending our mortgage payment was one-tenth of what we were spending on rent in new york mm-hmm. so um i opened up here and then we became successful here very successful and, um, you know, long story short, I won't bore you with the details, but New York, eventually we wound up closing New York for the same reason most other people, businesses close in New York is because the real estate market's insane and you can't renew your lease. Or in my case, we were, the building was bought and the new tenants, put the new landlords pushed me out. So, um, which is fine. I don't miss flying back and forth to, to New York anymore. And, uh, you know, especially these days right now with the... Uh, I don't want to wear a mask on a plane. So, oh, you yeah.
1: Know. So, you didn't have any children at the time? I didn't so have this any children is where when you started that.
2: Didn't have any children when I moved out here. Um, started um, dating someone that I used to work with in 2005 and dated long distance. So, she's from New York? Yeah, she was from New York originally. She actually worked for us, mm-hmm. uh, but you know. Even though I knew there was always an attraction, the workplace is a big no-no for me, especially as an owner. So I was just like, yeah, it's cool, I'm flattered, but, you know, whatever. I've heard there's and- some
1: people out there that haven't really agreed with that lately. Okay, I'm sorry. Have to <laughs> <try>. <laughs> just mute me, Josh. Okay, uh,
2: um, you know, look, it, it's a different thing for everybody. Unfortunately, I... I my personal experiences in our small little world we had in the post community in new york we had witnessed can
0: i interrupt you just for listeners can you clarify post what post means Uh, a lot of people don't know yeah
2: so post-production is all the stuff that happens after the production so the production is uh we try it out a camera someplace we point it at something we click go we click record and then what do we do well we edit it together that's post-production we put music to it that's post-production we get a voice record, that's post-production, and we put that all together, and that's all post-production.
0: And in the early 2000s when we met, that actually took a team of people, and now you can do it on your iPhone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank God you can't really do it completely well on your iPhone, at least not for broadcast standards. True. uh, But yeah, you can do a lot. Um, So anyway, the post community in New York was a very small community, like it is basically everywhere. And um, there had been, you know, a couple of owners of high-profile editorial houses that had relationships (coughs) Mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, people that Mm -hmm. work there. And, you know, (laughs) it wound up becoming becoming really, you know, a really big deal. So, you know, in one case, somebody became a partner. Mm -hmm. I mean, so my thing was always like, that's just not any kind of drama that I want and I don't know. As a man, that's always seemed bizarre to me anyway. It's just like, I don't get it. And not that I'm an advocate of cheating, period, anyway, but like, why with your friend? Why with your sister? Good grief. There's not enough people in the right. world? Exactly. It's like, what is that, like, close to home thing that's so weird with people sometimes? Men are lazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <I'm>, you know, <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to
2: stick up for men. What's in m- my
0: immediate vicinity? Men
2: aren't the only ones that are guilty of that. There have been plenty of women that have slept with a guy's brother. so I'm a trainer. The parking lot attendant. (laughs) (laughs) Valet. The guy at the coffee shop. (laughs) But, no, seriously, um, I just never really got it, and I didn't want to do it with my company. And back then, I wasn't the sole owner. I had, you know, a response, a fiduciary responsibility to five other guys. So we were six partners, and I was just like, no, this is not going to happen. And then she wound up working for another place, and it happened, and it really became a thing. So, you know, 10 years later, we had a kid. Um, so,
0: she moved out here with you?
2: She moved out here, well, not with me, but mm-hmm. she moved out here to live with me. Okay. Um, and, you know, it just...
0: But you, okay, so just to clarify, you guys were never married.
2: No. We so, you never married.
0: had to go through a formal divorce.
2: Uh, well, I have gone through the formal divorce with a different woman. Okay. But I have not gone through formal divorce in a parenting situation.
0: Got it. Okay, that's so, good. Good to know. Just to be... So Bob and I have known each other for a long time, and I used to sit behind him. I'm very familiar with the back of his head (laughs) during post-production for commercials that we did together. And we just, you know, we've been friends for a long time. And what you don't understand and realize in situations like this when you're working, you have a lot of downtime. And you just get to talking, and you talk a lot about, like, your life, and what's going on. So Bob and I, he's known me since through my divorce, through yeah. the recession, through all the everything, and we still work together sometimes. And he called me and he's like, hey, I'm starting this you know, fatherhood channel, and I know that you're doing something with divorce. I think it'd be great for us to kind of collaborate and see how we could work together. So that's kind of how we ended up here, because as Therese and I have said before, I think it's always great to have a man's perspective on this, and especially when it comes to advocating for your children and co-parenting and the importance of that and I think that a lot of men don't have that kind of dad perspective. So,
2: well, you know, um, yeah. Look, uh, it's it's tough in a lot of ways because guys get a guys get a bad rap that they oftentimes deserve. Um, I'm not quite sure I understand how that happens. I mean, you know, we talked about this amongst the three of us before. You know, uh, before we were actually recording, um, it never that never was a thought in my mind It's like, you know I think I said exactly this if I hated you even if I couldn't stand to be in the same room with you it would never stop me from being with my child mm-hmm. because that's still my child so I don't quite get how anybody winds up not being present for their child that's a big theme for my show is being present because it's the single most important thing you do it's not about money it's not about fancy trips it's not about oh i bought you a new whatever it's not about being a disneyland dad it's about being a real dad being a real dad means you go and you sit through hours of football practice you do math homework you do all that kind of crap that's way more valuable than anything else you could you know possibly do
1: Mm -hmm. i feel like that for me i'm pretty much as heather knows obsessed with the idea of parents sucking it up and trying to get along for the children's sake and psychologically how it's been proven of how kids can turn out if the parents get along which sometimes includes you know faking it right um and so in addition to showing up for the practices and being the great dad in the regard you just said, tell me about your channel and just your perspective in general on how important you feel it is to, um, you know, treat the ex, treat the mom with respect um, in front of the kid or in in general. Yeah, you know, well... how important that is.
2: It's it's the... Aside from being there for your kid in the first place, it's the second most important thing you could do. Um, for... A multitude of reasons. I mean, first of all, quite frankly, just be nice to somebody else, even if you don't like them that much. It's so much easier. Why do you want to be like angry and crappy all the time? I've seen texts between exes and stuff like that as it relates to the kids, and it's just like, oh my god, like what? The the emotional drain on your own psyche to type those words or speak those words, you don't even know what you're doing to yourself.
1: Was it this easy, though, in the beginning when you guys decided not to be together? Or, um, or did it get easier along the time? Or in the very beginning, were you just able to say, this is how we're going to get along, I'm going to be disrespectful from the get-go?
2: Well, yes and no. First of all, for us... Um, a very significant thing is you know we and it sounds very cliche but we literally just did fall out of love we grew into two different places so we weren't dealing with anything mm-hmm. we weren't dealing with an affair right we weren't dealing with you know oh i went out I, hey right. hi honey Betrayal. that's my new corvette in the in the driveway mm-hmm. or what you know what i mean it's like Absolutely. there was nothing like that so um but as always you know money when money comes into the picture, it always complicates things. Mm-hmm. So um, even though my son's mom and I were never married, we did have a prenup because we had intended to get married, but we sort of just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I we actually followed the prenup for the two years that it was negotiated for. and um, But frankly, the prenup was quite generous. So as we were getting towards, you know, down the road of it not being in effect anymore, uh, you know, I was like, hey, you know, <laughs>
0: giving her some, some we, things we, are going to be
2: changing. Things up. are going to be and changing. And when you say generous,
1: I'm generalizing that you were in the position to help her out financially.
2: Well, yes, and okay. I and and certainly pain well more than I would have ever be required by any court in the land or any formula you right. could possibly use. Right. Um, which and I had no you're not resentful with. of that? No, not no whatsoever. Were
1: you
2: 50-50? Yeah, well, okay, so we'll back up for a half second. I'm not, uh, not resentful at all because, mm-hmm. first of all, I was the other party to the prenup. Mm -hmm. So to go back after the fact and go, oh, you know, I know I thought this was a great idea at the time. Now I'm pissed off about it. It's like, no, well, it's the whole reason to have Mm -hmm. one. So, no, I wasn't resentful at all. I, you know, believe in my obligations and doing what I'm supposed to do in every aspect of my life. So, no, I wasn't resentful. It wasn't always wonderful, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't resentful. Um, And then I think I've lost track of the other thing that we were about to interject into that 50-50. You know, 50-50, yeah. So we've always been 50-50, and that was never an issue. We always knew we were going to be 50-50. And we got past our little financial crisis, or not crisis, but our financial disagreement pretty quickly, um, basically because at that point in time, I, on my own, decided, you know what, this can't, and it's something I talk about on my channel all the time, Your custody agreement, all that stuff, it can't be a handshake. A lot of people do it that way, but it can't be a handshake. And quite frankly, from that point of view, that's business. So you have a custody agreement. That's your contract. And as in every other aspect of your life, contract is for when you don't agree. So, you know, if you're selling a house, Heather, Mm -hmm. and you got a contract and everything is great, and at the last minute, the buyer goes, you know what? I'm going to give you an extra $15,000. No one's going to protest. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's hyperbolic. But the bottom line is you can do whatever you want to do. The contract is for when you don't agree. right? And so I went. I had a custody agreement uh, done completely on my own accord. I mean, obviously, we talked about it, but I paid for it. Um, and within the boundaries of the custody agreement, I followed the Arizona um, courts, family courts, mm-hmm. guidelines for child support. and. You know, we factored the table. all of that stuff in, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, based on that, we came up with the new, with the new payment, which was significantly less. But that, that that's okay. That's my responsibility too, and mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. And you know, to be frank, some aspects of our situation have actually changed since then. I don't care. It's you know, are honoring I'm your I'm supposed dependent. to pay. Yeah. I mean, sure, I could go back to court and go, well, is would it would it be different? I I don't even know, but I don't care it's not an unreasonable you know it's not like it's hurting me it's not mm-hmm. a burden I'm not sitting here going oh my god the child support payments due. how in the hell am I gonna make that payment and if that was the case then I would advocate for myself because one of the things that I talk about on my channel all the time both for men and women is putting your child first doesn't mean you put yourself last Because you can't be a great, if you don't, if you're not making enough money, if you're not working on your career, if you don't have relationships, you know, personal relationships of your own, if you don't have enrichment in your life, how can you possibly be a good parent? There's just no way. If Mm -hmm. you don't know where the rent or the mortgage payment's coming from, how are you going to be calm and steady with your kid? That's just not possible. So you have to do everything through the lens of how it's going to affect your child. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you put yourself last. And I've seen that a lot with a lot of single moms, unfortunately, who have dads that aren't helping them. And that drives me crazy. (laughs) Because first of all, as a guy, it's your responsibility, dude. So just step up and do what you got to do. If you do it legally... Within the parameters of the court, it's probably not going to be unfair. I mean, I have an amazing family court lawyer and he would tell you, don't ever try to predict anything you're going to see in family court because I've seen the most ridiculous stuff happen. But by and large, if you're, you know, whatever, if you're if you're a laborer, not making a ton of money, you know, yeah, of course, you're not going to be able to, you know, give your your child's mom five or six hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars or whatever it is. But you should always give them something. And there's a formula to figure out what that should be. And, you know, I say it on my channel, too. It's like, if, I, as a dude, if you're listening to this, telling me you have no way to help support your child, sell the laptop yeah sell the radio, whatever it is. It's like, if old? you can hear this, you have some money.
1: How old is your son or daughter when you my oh, uh,
2: you know uh, I mean, when we and... split up so yeah. he was uh, uh, he had well, it's a little bit of a complicated story. He was four, but technically, let's go by when I moved out because we we stayed together for a very long time
1: because it was amicable and you were just wow well, to...
2: we were roommates, so right. I don't know how. It was it was amicable to a degree, but it was also very cold and detached. And was she work? Did she have a career that whole time? Yeah, she was working, and you know, um, it it was not a particularly comfortable situation. So he was four while that was happening, and when I moved out, he he was still technically four, but about to turn five. So, uh, so it's been four years basically.
0: So what are like? I agree with everything you just said, but I. Think in my own personal experience, and a lot of the people that we know and we've talked to, <clears throat> they don't have that—that <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, congenial relationship with their ex. Right. Um, you know, a lot of us have had highly contentious divorces, and you know, with a lot of times, if it's the wife that leaves, I feel like that kind of triggers the man to be more protective of their finances and not want to participate as much in the child's life. How do you think? You can really break down the message to these guys, like it's not about withholding funds for your child to get back at your ex-wife.
2: Well, yeah, well, I, what you just brought up is a whole complicated thing. So first of all, let's circle back to the notion of uh, what Therese had started with was how do we, how do you co-parent, mm-hmm. how do you stay, how do you make it civil? Right. Well, first of all, you, this is super hard, and it's hard for women too. But you have to be non-judgmental. So basically anything your ex is doing, if it doesn't pertain directly to your child,
1: shut up. If the child is safe. You shut know what up. I mean? Like to shut me it's up. like if right. they're mm-hmm.
2: stay in your lane. So I'm you not know, good at
1: it. I'm talking, but it doesn't mean I'm
2: but you're know, not good at it. But it's but, it is, don't play. but it's the thing you have to do. And it's one of the hardest things we ever have to do. You experience this all the time in your, your family, with your parents, with your siblings, whatever. It's just like, you know, so you know, one day you wake up, I don't know if you have a sister, but your sister's like, blah, blah, blah. it's just like stop, stop talking. This is none of your business. Why are you lecturing me about this? And it's the same kind of thing. And it at this absolutely works both ways, unlike support where I think. Men are deficient. This concept of being non-judgmental flies both ways. So it doesn't matter what your ex does in terms of the money they spend, how they spend it, where they go, who they date. None of that matters. It doesn't. And the more you make it matter, the more difficult it's going to be to try and be civil. I can't be civil with you if I'm so obsessed about, oh, she's dating whomever or, wow, nice Gucci bag you bought or whatever. It's just like, did that come at the expense of my child's well-being? Then I can bitch about it. If it didn't, you got to have nothing to say
1: so when you so this 50 50 when your son was a little bit younger
2: Mm.
1: you know you you have this major career you're running your whole studio here you have people working for you and then it's the time frame when you need to be on as a dad right and so how was that balance because i feel like that when you said men kind of get a bad rap it's kind of deservingly it's kind of not i feel like there's so many books today that are talking about Women are supposed to be 100% career, but 100% mom, but try to look good. How is it for a man, you know, you're running a company on those days that you also had to be 100% dad, and how did you balance it?
2: Well, I mean, for me personally, one of the the best pieces of advice I can give you for any of that stuff is to learn how to remain calm. <laughs> because we key ourselves up too much sometimes with deadlines or whatever and which makes juggling the other thing difficult i have to be frank personally i love Mm co-parenting 50 50 is amazing to me it leaves me a very very clear view of when i'm dad and when i'm a bachelor Mm -hmm. and it makes life really really simple i don't make plan I don't use babysitters I don't make plans when I have my son I don't date when I have my son it's like it's very simple when I have him I deal with him when I don't then I deal with me and how the business fits into that well you know I try to carve out as much time as I possibly can for him but you have to make those decisions calmly I had this you know situation this morning where we had a little bit of a You know, five alarm fire overnight and this morning up early and reviewing some work and sort of making sure everybody's on the same page. And, you know, I just said to my kid, who's a great kid, so I'm fortunate in that regard, you know, I'm like, dude, you got to got to do all your own stuff this morning. Made him breakfast. I said, but I still have to do some work. You gotta do all your own stuff. And texted his mom, said, just want to give you a heads up. He might be late for school today. And it's little stuff like that that it goes so far in co-parenting well. Little gestures like that are absolutely huge because you never know when you're going to get hung up on that. Like we have a, a, I have a specific story about that. His mom decided to take him out of school one day. They like went for a quick day trip. I went snowboarding in Flagstaff. Awesome. That's great. I hate snow. I hate skiing. I hate boarding. Never want to go. She's going to take him. That's phenomenal. Only problem is she didn't tell me. I get a call from school around 11 o'clock, Remo's absent today. It's like, wait, what? She could have got that same call if I would have been significantly later or who knows how late I would have been. The bottom line is I could not leave the house until I had reviewed this work and knew the client was satisfied and everything was gonna happen. So there was a chance that he might be late. So better to be preemptive about that and say, hey, he might be late for school. I'll let you know exactly what happens. That is a much better feeling and engenders a much better reaction than. Why is our child not in school today?
1: What do you think made What do you think made you become that kind of a person? Because I'm guessing that you had that capability before your son. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to wrap your head around. I'm going to tell the mom this, not because I really want to be her friend but because it's going to create a respectful situation that's better for us in the long run like what made you have that big picture view that i don't want to say a lot of men don't have a lot of people don't have
2: well maybe just you know business experience Mm -hmm. and you know i have a lot it's very funny the you know the situation heather was describing earlier when we we're talking about how we met and how things work in studios. It's funny; it becomes like a like a kind of an intimate group therapy thing. Like especially if you especially if y'all if if get along pretty well. It's you know, it can turn into that very mm-hmm. very quickly. It's like I have thought sometimes like wow, I shared some like kind of amazingly personal stuff with clients. It's, it's, but I think that just learning how to interact with people you know look I when I was younger definitely was much more of a
1: asshole well hot-headed selfish hot-headed
2: hot-headed is the better example (laughs) you know I used to always get this kind of such an old reference these days but I would always get the uh, Ralph Cramden uh, comparison from the honeymooners so you sort of fly off the handle with this hyperbole and then quickly come back down to oh it's okay so I don't do that anymore because I just learned that it doesn't really solve a lot of things, but I do want to stress one very, very important factor, important point, point. it was the same point I was making before. Even though I endeavor to always communicate really, really clearly and well with my co-parent, I'm also not afraid to say, you know, I actually don't think that's any of your business, which you also need Has to- Has
0: that gotten a good reaction or a bad reaction? Um,
2: if you phrase it all properly, mm-hmm. if you say to somebody it's none of your business, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, if you take two seconds to choose some words more carefully and go, you know, I don't really feel like that's something I need to discuss with you, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that if mm-hmm. you put it a little bit more nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, It's not
0: it, in your best interest to know this about me. You know, well, <laughs> yeah,
2: anything like that yes. is always a better scenario and to that same end, you know, one of the, one of the, things i always talk about as well is don't do a jerry mcguire so show me the money which part no show You're me the money that. is actually that's not actually like Jer- that part. that's not jerry you know what i mean that's not jerry that's the dude but um the you know the the way jerry Maguire the premise the way it starts is he loses everything because he flies off the handle you know he basically gets on his soapbox and preaches to mm-hmm. his whole company and and loses everything um so if you get, you know, we text so much these days. But if you get a text or you get a call and you immediately feel yourself getting hot, oh, put that thing down. And that's life experience. I mean, that's just for that's a learn anything. Trait. That's not just for your co-parent. That's work. That's anything. I mean, how often do you guys deal with this in real estate? Like, you know, clients ask ridiculous things. Sellers ask ridiculous. Buyers ask ridiculous things. It's like, you know, you're sitting there looking, going, "Ah, oh, come what." You know, seriously, but you put it down and you go, okay, sorry. Um, You go, okay, let me take a step back and breathe. Mm -hmm. And how long you breathe depends on how big of a deal it is or how long it takes you to calm down. I mean, you know, because look, nine times out of 10, you're not getting the the horrific call or kids in the hospital. Our kids really sit. You know what I mean? If that if that's what you're getting, then by all means, yeah, run around like a chicken without a head because, you know, even though calm is probably better in that situation too, a little craziness is is not unjustified. But if it's over anything, you know, I don't know. It's just better to take a deep breath and compose your thoughts so that you, you know, know what you're saying, or something, for instance, something that um my co-parent and I do all the time if we're texting and it's a little bit of a sensitive issue or maybe it's a little elaborate. We always start off with, you know, I'm doing this quickly, no tone intended. Don't read anything. You mm-hmm. know, don't Smi- inf- maybe a smiley face. Yeah, don't infer anything. You know, what I mean, that's what we start with. That. As a well, matter of fact, it's really funny. We had a funny moment the other night because my autocorrect instead of. <laughs> I'm saying no tone in this mm-hmm. under pressure for time. It Typed no time for this under, under pressure. pressure for time. Leave me alone. And, yes, exactly. And he thinks that's mean. And then I, he I like, know, Can my... you
1: believe my phone said this? <laughs> well, you should and then see some it... of my text messages. <laughs> <Holy>
2: <laughs> then it followed with like a whole bunch of other stuff. And then I went back and reread, reread what I had wrote. And I was like, oh crap. I'm like, oh by the way, you know, I meant no tone, not no time, because I saw how quickly and easily that could have been misconstrued. Mm-hmm. And she wrote me back. She's like, wow, thank you because. I thought you were being a little snippy. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I get it that that's nothing compared to the hateful, vile things people say to each other all. Snippy. The time.
0: <laughs> but I think that that's something that has to be learned. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of practice, me for the record, not good at that at all. I've had to really learn how to monitor myself and take a step back, take the emotion out of it. And again, like you said, if it's regarding the children, that's the only part of the 24-line text that I deal with. Right. If It has to do with the kids. That's it. But I think that a lot of people, it's okay to not be that composed in the beginning, but you have to understand you have to really work towards that. Yeah. If you want to maintain a really a positive relationship with your spouse, which will in turn benefit your relationship with your kids.
2: Yes, absolutely. and And just make your own life easier. I mean, it's way easier when you have a person that's not that doesn't hate you because you've been saying vile things to them
1: mm-hmm. maybe Very... put their name in your phone as like calm yeah. <laughs> or breathe so oh, whenever, well, their, whenever their phone number instead or text of, pops up it instead says, of evil right, bitch right. <laughs> don't correct <laughs> <you> the <with laughs> <a> mother ever <laughs> i didn't say ep- i didn't say what i wanted
0: to say uh,
1: <laughs> instead of die satan <laughs> you know, i i do i i have something in common with you and you said earlier You know it wasn't a passionate hatred divorce you know what I mean so and that's how mine was and so I always tell people I'm like I don't want to pretend here and act like this is how you do it because mine was so amicable and I know other people who there was cheating stealing whatever and so they I can see how they would both be you know a little bit more upset or obsessed with each other There's always going to be stereotypes for men and and women. Um, Women are crazy and men are this. And, you know, when it is a kind of divorce where someone feels like they just got completely screwed over and it's hard for them Mm -hmm. to take that out of it, it's hard to take the victim out of it instead of I'm going to have a great life, I'm going to move on. What's your advice for men and women on taking yourself out of it as the victim and just moving on with your life, even if you get completely screwed over.
2: Well, you know, you said two things at the beginning of that statement. You said it's, you know, it's understandable to be upset and obsessive. It's understandable to be upset. It's not good to be obsessive. It's not good. I've and seen it. It's not good for you, the most important thing. So I always tell you, I had a great life experience, which was my first, which was my divorce. Uh, my actual divorce was Horrific. And, you know, there was money taken. I mean, at one point in time, I, I laugh about it now, but it's, God, it looks like some sort of, Sad Andy Warhol portrait me in a in apartment in New York with a bottle of scotch, a safe with all my money in it in cash. Are you serious? And my computer, yeah, because you know she had taken money out of the bank account, so now I was getting to the point where I was literally like at the check cashing store. Part with... two
0: of this podcast <laughs> is exciting. I know. Exciting. <laughs> I know tell us more about
2: your first. I, I was at the check cashing <laughs> store with you know like the local delivery boy cashing my check and bringing it home. And keeping it in the safe, because I didn't want to keep any money in a bank account anyplace. Because she would take it? She wiped yeah. it out? Yeah. Well, she tried to. Uh-huh. She got some of it, but, you know. Uh, so for a while, so it was extremely can I ask you a question? Yeah.
0: Were you this evolved during your first divorce? Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. Okay.
2: No. I learned, but the most important thing that I learned from that was the anger, you can't only give anger so you're living in anger mm-hmm. so while i'm mad or more importantly while i'm obsessing over you i'm also harming myself mm-hmm. there's no way for me to obsess you over you and hurt you without hurting myself mm-hmm. and that's the thing that you got to grab a hold of because nobody is worth hurting yourself I don't care. And you could have been married for 150 years. It's like, right. you know, wait, it's now between two, the choices between I hurt you or hurt myself. It's like, well, no.
0: And it, again, a super hard lesson to learn, especially if you felt victimized or if you, you know, right. if there's been any, like, God forbid something happens to your children, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's a great freedom in not caring. Like, oh, I think the biggest huge. gift is like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care. Like, that's awesome. Go live your life. I could care yes, less.
2: It is. It's super important. It's funny. You know, obviously, my son's uh, mom and I have a lot of overlap in, in his social life and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And, you know, there's been situations where casual, nothing odd. You know, somebody will say, oh, what's Chess doing about whatever? I'm like, I don't know.
0: Yeah and saying, I don't know
2: and I don't know not because I'm being a, not because I'm being a dick mm-hmm. I'm not saying oh I don't know because I'm like oh, I don't care about this I don't know cuz I don't ask because it's not my business mm-hmm. and I stay in my lane yeah
1: did you guys agree to not introduce <laughs> him to people you were dating did you talk about that because and I there... had that in my decree and then I think we both broke it or whatever mm-hmm. but um in general a lot of stereotypes about women, but in general, men tend to date faster and a lot and of more times... seriously. Yeah, but they get into relations a little bit quicker. And I just wonder your opinion on how you guys dealt with that, because it seems like you've made a great choice to keep him out of it.
2: Or they rebound quicker. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, you know, we didn't have it in our... It's not in our decree. Um. We have spoken about it. Um. She has definitely been more opinionated about certain times of it that I have, but we always sort of try to come back to the same thing. I trust you to never put our child in harm's way. If you introducing them to somebody you're dating is going to cause them harm, we have much bigger problems Mm -hmm. as to what's going on. I trust you to have that judgment that you're not going to have some one night stand while you know, our child is potentially walking through the house. So and if you would allow something like that to happen, that's the least of the problem. Mm-hmm. The problems are much bigger than that. I don't know if I hope that answers your question, but I think you everybody's different. Everybody has to get to where they want to agree on it. Um is your advice
1: to men on your podcast like, hold off. Don't introduce the yeah, kids what's to somebody. Your...
2: My advice is don't introduce your kids to anybody right. until you're, you know, probably. What's the time? What's is it two months,
0: six months, is it a year? Like, I don't know that do you...
2: I don't know that there's a, a specific timeline, but depends I will on the say it depends on the person and you need to be really sure that you're building a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Some other factors play into it as well. It's like, look, if they have kids, then you're more than likely going to want to do some kid things and there's no reason why if they're you know if you're talking about that you're dating a you know let's just use the term say a quality person mm-hmm. if you're dating a quality person and they have a kid that's around your kid's age and you want to go do something fun like you know spend a weekend at the beach or go to disneyland or whatever, it's like i don't see any harm in that if there's this big rush to integrate them, because well, I have to set up my new family. It's like, well, no, you might just want to hold off on that. And if then there are no extenuating circumstances, then the longer you wait, the better, because you want to be sure.
0: And how, dating as a single dad with a son, I know, like you have. Oh your, gosh, I'm in a 50. God, I, people, want are, you to are you online?
1: Online dating? Are yeah, you that?
2: but you know, I'm in a real. You know, and I don't even know if I can hold myself up as an example for the overall dating story. Right what, right that,
1: what does that I, mean? Yeah. Like, well, I'm, you
2: know, look, I'm in, am in a tough spot. So let me just be frank. I, my son's mom was much younger than me, so okay. now I have a young child. Mm-hmm. If I want to, if I want to date a woman I my age, she probably doesn't want to deal with young kids anymore. If I want to deal, if I want to date a younger woman, now I have have this. Wow, right, Mm -hmm. exactly. I have to have this really, really weird, narrow area where like they have kids, don't want any more. You know, this whole. Mm -hmm. Do you want them? Well, yes, but no, I would never do it. Okay. Oh. Because I'm too old.
1: You're not that old. Oh, I'm too old to have another child. I'd like to do it, but I never out. will. It's I, like me and ecstasy. I'd love to do it, <laughs> but I, we all know I'm gonna, I'm gonna hey, be scared and Friday. never do it. The weekends just are never gonna do it. Well, cause...
2: here's the, you know, here's the funny thing. And I know you were, you're, you were being humorous, but th- there's actually something in there. It's like saying I want to do ecstasy, but I'm never gonna do it. You could actually do it, and it would be all over in a weekend. If right. you have a kid, yeah. it's for life. There you go. And or at least I feel like it's for life. And that's why I would never have a kid. I don't ever, you know, and gosh, I've talked about this, like, with a number of different people. It's like, God, if you could maybe convince me that I was definitely going to have a daughter and maybe the physical aspects of things would be a little less demanding than having a son, uh, maybe I would consider But the bottom line is, nah, I'm too but old now. Early, it's that simple.
1: Tons of women are in their early 40s, and they, like, got 10-year-olds, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah.
2: None. Yeah, I don't seem to be able to locate them. <laughs>
1: really? Oh my gosh, plethora, <laughs> plethora. That's
2: well, a good word. Well, plethora being the, the word of the day. Side of the,
1: no, really, I feel like this city. If I were to describe it, it would be the most eligible, hottest chicks ever, ever. in that age range, in thirty-five to forty-five.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, without breaking off into a whole nother episode, right? probably would agree with you from a hundred yards okay. okay but there's a lot of other issues that come into play and right. one of the problems in my per- now i'm not speaking from any point of view of expertise of any kind just my personal experience we all have a lot of to use the typical term baggage as we get older and getting i don't past, know what you're about. past some of it is incredibly <laughs> difficult and that's the other sort of trick. So it's a, a weird thing, but you also gotta remember something. Even a 40 year old woman, quite frankly, a 40 year old woman is 20 years younger than me. Oh, so you're so, oh still, I didn't know that. still I do carry the one, <laughs> 60. Um,
1: I, think, I think that you would look like 48. I'm 47, so yeah. don't take that as an insult. No, but no, no, I would have thought 48.
2: No, I'm 60 and you tell me I look like I'm 48. I don't take that as an insult. The bottom line is though, as it relates to your kid, it's not just how you look. I mean, yeah, you know what? Right, I, right. At the risk of sounding like in like a pompous ass, I take care of myself, and I, you know, because of the business, I'm in a multitude of other reasons. Yeah, I like to. I like my appearance, but by the same token, I'm getting a knee replacement. So. Oh <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there are some things that you can't dispute. The math at the end of the day. Uh, my body is as old as it is as a wonderland and it's hard well it's that too depending on what area you're looking at not my <laughs> knees though
1: <laughs> i am i am here to say and then we can change the topic shocking He could I have know. you could i i could you could set him up I, with a million i didn't even talk <laughs> no i if i come back i want to come back as a man between 45 and 60 single it's, in this city yeah, and you're, and just you're absolutely right i get it
2: Okay, know you know. That. No, no, you know, it's true, but it, there is, um, it's, tr- you know, dating, the, the bottom line is at the end of the day, I don't care which avenue you take, whether you meet people, you go to mixers, you get introduced to people, you do online stuff, whatever it is, it's just hard. It's never hard to start. It's hard to maintain to, it's hard to get to the next level. I mean, you know, I have no problem getting a date. Right. I go out on a date every day. It's what do you do after the third date or the fourth date?
0: Well, and do you find, and I think this is applicable to a lot of single parents, <laughs> it's like a lot of times people don't want to entertain it because you have time that's strictly dedicated to your yeah, son. Exactly. And it's like, no, I can't see you right. four days a week. Yeah. If you're okay with that, that's great. But if not, then it's not going to work. Right. And a lot of people I don't think are up for that.
2: Well, you know, but that's selfishness, too. That's our own indulgent behavior sometimes Mm -hmm. because, let's face it, that's only in the beginning. Like, I've even said that to somebody. It's like, yeah, right now I follow a um, a very, very strict schedule. But if we become close and you become a an important part of my life, well, then you're going to meet my child. And, yeah, it's no problem. Uh, you want to come over? We're going to have dinner with the kid. I mean, you know what I mean? Yes, mm-hmm. we won't be able to jet off to Milan every weekend. Right. But, you know. There's, there's coronavirus oh, right. anyways, Yeah, so coronavirus Anyway, Wait a few months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, it, it, it's short term. But, you know, there's what I thought my personal experience uh, thus far in dating – leaves me in sort of one or two camps. One is I don't really want anything serious and you're kind of fun and we go out, we have a good time, whatever, and and that's all I really want to do. And it's like, okay. It's not that there's anything really wrong with that. Or the, you know, I've also encountered it's you know it's like the third date. It's like, so yeah. what are we? Right. Exactly. Uh, nothing. They want to spend holidays together. <laughs> it's like Photoshop Christmas. Cards. We're dating. Like Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just it's mind blowing to me. It's like I, I don't understand how do you think I could possibly be Committed to you on any level other than the fact that, uh, you know, I'm more than willing to say, hey, I'm not sleeping with anybody else. Right. But beyond that, like, if you think this is a real serious thing after three or four, you know, right. dinners or movies or whatever the heck we did. Oh, wow. I don't even yeah. know what to say about that. So we've <laughs>
0: actually had another podcast about dating and single dads and divorced dads. Mm-hmm. Um and it seems like there's actually a mathematic formula behind it. Mm. And we've actually said it's it's 10, 10 conversations back and forth on an app before you take it to a phone. It's four dates before you move it to the bedroom. It's, you know, 12 years before you get a commitment. I mean, it varies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that part's funny.
2: Um, I You know, I don't know. I'm not... You I'm don't not have a, rules like that? I'm not a big fan about timelines. I mean, look, I just think you feel this stuff out. So, whichever thing you're talking about, I mean look the very beginning yeah if you're using an app and you've gone back and forth on whatever bumble a couple of times it's like ten you have times. a little conversation whatever, it's whatever proven, little ten chat times. you're having on bumble at a certain point in time if you're not moving that even to your private world well then you're just wasting your time so move on from that everything else is how you feel it so i think at a certain point in time you know if you feel like um you know, we really should be intimate by now mm-hmm. like what's going on but i don't i'm never really a big fan of that three dates or that four dates rule cuz it just puts a whole bunch of you know
0: unnecessary pressure that's mm-hmm. exactly
2: the those yeah. are exactly the two words i was going to use that's <laughs> why go. when i set people you know.
1: up neither one of them know they're being set up I just make them meet me at it's the same mystery. time and then right. they're interested but if right. I told both of them I got someone to set you up right. with they walk in and they're like mm. yeah
2: it's weird you're you're antsy you're weird you're you know it's all kind of stuff like that so but I also wouldn't I mean you know I mean the the risk of sounding whatever it's like I also dated someone for for a good long while that I slept with on the second date mm-hmm. and probably could have on the first date
0: well, there you go.
2: You know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I you know, I don't I don't think there's it's twenty twenty guys. I mean it's like yeah. it's not the fifties. We're but not back in, to co parent. You know. No, yeah, I actually have a I had a question for you actually regarding Redirect. No, but I it's think so this easy is important.
0: To get... Um have you ever had an experience where your son, you've introduced him to someone, he's like, I don't like her.
2: No, but I've had the reverse experience that was equally what... painful where he got attached to her and now we're not together anymore. Ah, okay. And my son is the master right now of subtlety. So he is not beyond saying out of the blue. Well, he also says, you know, every once in a while going to be Dad, Remember when we all used to live together? mm not right. like I don't think there's anything really weird there, but he knows it, mm-hmm. and and it's funny I t- talked about this on my channel. He's my kid's amazing. Sometimes very empathetic. You know, last thing one of the last times he brought this up, he said, "I think you should buy a building." He goes, and then we could all live there together. You and me and mom and Darren. And, and you know Come in. and and grandma and our aunts and all that stuff i'm just like yeah baby that's not going to happen <laughs> but it's still sweet mm-hmm. um but yeah he has um been in situations where he has you know brought up you know an ex girlfriend of mine mm. and it's it's you know it it's a okay. little unfortunate.
0: So if you met someone and you really were crazy about her, but he was like, no way. Dad, I can't stand her. <sighs> I can't do... I don't like yeah. her. What?
2: That would be very, very difficult. I don't think that that could result in a long-term traditional relationship. Okay. Good now, it'd be one thing to say... Look, because everybody's also looking for something different in their you know lives, too. It's like not everybody wants to sit by the fire every night Uh, you know look i'm perfectly comfortable alone and quite frankly I really enjoy being alone mm-hmm. sometimes. So, a long, long time. You, I say- know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you want to tell me, hey, it's usually after my five-day. Like So, for instance, I'm on my long week with him. And I love him to death, but he's tiring. So, you know, come Monday's my first night off. It's like, yeah, Monday could very likely be spent on my couch. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 100%. With no
2: one. <laughs> so, you know... It, I think there's a I think there's a balance there but there's no if he really actively disliked someone the way you're describing I don't see how
0: If he threw her wedding dress in the trash <laughs> prior to the wedding would that be a bad thing? Yeah,
2: that'd probably Asking be, for a friend. Asking so any for a friend.
0: do
1: you have any books that you recommend like say that we know some guys that were like they could really be a great better dad? Even a woman, a woman too, but I feel like certain books are better for men. Like there's books I could give to a man and they're like, this is fluff. Do you have any good books?
2: Uh, Not specifically about parenting per se, but I think there's two amazing books. One is the... Oh, God, after I pro, after I hype it up like that, uh, it's a book about attachment styles. Uh-huh. So it talks more about dating and why we are attracted to certain kind of people, but it ties into your rela- all of your relationships. I think you can take what's in that book and apply it to all your relationships very, very easily. And then there is a another book in Good Grief, if I can remember the name of it, but it's basically... Uh, no, I do remember the names. It's children of the self-obsessed. So if you had yeah. narcissistic, a narcissistic parent in your life, how that flows down through you, with the things you are more likely to do. I mean, look, there. you know, we're going to drift off the road here, but therapy is a huge thing. I think everybody should do it. I did it when I got divorced you know, way back when, because my lawyer was like, It's a good idea, go to therapy, just do it. And I was like, rah, 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 rah. And then I went the very first time and I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. You're like, Can I stay? I unloaded like all of this stuff to a completely non judgmental person who also has enough expertise to help guide you with some good questions. It was it was truly life changing. So I spent a lot of time learning about how my parents' relationship affected me, mm-hmm. the things that they did, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, But there's no – I don't think that you automatically – because you hear it a lot. It's like, well, you were abused, so you become an abuser. or You're a narcissist, so your kids are not eh, – that's not cut and dry. I can – I know people personally, very close friends that had – Horrific parents and are literally, and now I'm going to speak about men specifically, Mm -hmm. had really, really not great dads and are amazing dads because they held it up as the example. Instead of falling into the pattern and falling into the trap, they held it up as that's not going to be me Mm -hmm. and used it as motivation. Mm
0: -hmm. So if you could, you know, as we're wrapping this up, if you could give one piece of advice, like one nugget to dads out there who might be struggling to this uh, TED talk to to this TED talk welcome to my (laughs) TED talk Um, one kind of your message behind what you're doing if you could summarize it and just kind of put it out there
2: I don't think it would be one thing it would be two things it's uh, the number one thing without a doubt is be present be a part of your kid's life it's got i would said this all before, it's got nothing to do with money. It has to do with time. There's a saying I've quoted on one of my channels, your, on one of my episodes, your child spells love, T-I-M-E, and it's huge. You cannot replace that. The less time you spend interacting with your children, the more time it's going to take you to build a bond, and you need the bond. Because if you don't have the bond, they're not going to trust you, and if they don't trust you, there's always going to be an issue. You know, right now my kid's little, he tells me everything. He's he's the first person to go, Dad, I did this, and he like hands me his phone. You know, he self punishes. That's not, you know, that's not gonna happen when they're teenagers. If you don't have a good dialogue and they don't trust you, they're not gonna tell you things they should be telling you. So being present for your child, regardless of anything to do with money or anything like that is the number one most important thing. The second thing is be a non judgmental co parent and put all that anger and crap aside and just focus on what the real issue is.
1: Great. Think of them as a nanny sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
2: how would you talk to yeah. how would
1: you your ta- staff? How would you talk to the nanny? An, an employee. Right. Yeah. You know, you would Teresa be like, Teresa needs to be hey, dropped I'm, off at 2 p.m. Right. I apologize, but da 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 da. You know? Yeah.
2: Please and thank you.
1: Right. Lightning round? No, I've been listening too many podcasts to no. do that and I feel like a fraud. I okay. feel like that never now mind we're doing that.
0: What is what else we need a signature sign
1: off? What's it gonna be? I, I have been wanting to oh. say the whole time, do you do impressions? i do not do you don't i feel like you yeah. had one in there when you were saying something at one no. point and i feel that was like just maybe you probably the new
2: yorker <laughs> <laughs> slipping out sounded sound like jerry seinfeld or something like
1: that like jerry himself uh,
2: not jerry himself okay. that sort of i'm trying to of draw delivery. out the impression heather do you have
1: any impressions i mean uh, i know you, i've known you a while but do you have any oh no no i have no talent whatsoever Okay. Zero. Let's let let's say again the name of The Fatherhood. Is that what it is? Uh, the
2: Fatherhood Channel the fatherhood uh, is channel. my podcast and my yeah. vlog on YouTube. Click and surprise. Uh, click and subscribe, I should say. Surprise, and be Subscribe and be surprised.
1: <laughs> surprise and subscribe. And if you are a woman listening to this, send it to your guy friends. Mm-hmm. Send
2: yeah, it to I've your ha- brothers. I, that's Have, happened. Turn They'll, people on to it. They're going to like
0: mm-hmm. it. Spread the word. I think more men need to be comfortable with advice like this. <laughs> mm.
1: All right. The next time I see Bob, I'm going to be like showing pages of like women I want to set yeah, up with. Bring, Brent, Bob's bring ready it. for that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That'll be
0: the next podcast. <laughs> all right.
2: The success story. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much Thank for you. having me. You, you, this
1: was wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I'll all
0: see right. You soon. Thanks.
2: Let me click. And you guys want to record like a, a promo or something, right? Yeah, if you don't I, mind. No, I don't mind at all. Hang on one second. Let me just organize that. Can we do like. Can we do like
1: a little bit longer? Like like how do we say? Can we have like ten minutes? 15 15
0: minutes? minutes.